Welcome to Across the Track Podcast. This is Isaac. I have Dennis here with me. He's the co-host, and we're going to talk NASCAR. We're going to talk the ins and outs of NASCAR. We're going to talk about coming up with Daytona here, and just some of the previous off-season stuff where, you know, teams be moving around. Um, We'll both explain to you how everything's going to go with what our takes are on fantasy and just kind of an all-around NASCAR podcast. Um, As of right now, we don't have our fantasy stuff up yet, but we are in the works of getting that set up. We're going to actually do... uh, We're going to do a separate one for just... We have a Facebook page and an Instagram We're going to do a separate one just for that, which is across the track. You can look it up. It's a public, public uh, page and we're going to have a bunch of people join in. It'll just be the fans of this podcast and some guys that we have uh, on the page. That's going to be a part of this. Me and Dennis will be in it, not for money, just for fun, but we're doing it through the NASCAR app. Also, me and Dennis are going to get on to the actual betting. Um, We haven't come up with the number yet we're both going to put in, but both of us are going to put some money into DraftKings, and we're going to see where we go all year, and you guys can follow along. We'll tell you how that's going. Um, And I guess we can start it off right now with... Our backstories and just how we got into NASCAR. I have Dennis here. He's going to tell you his backstory. Dennis? Well, uh, growing up, my grandpa was a Jeff Gordon fan, as much as I hate to admit it. (laughs) Well, then my uncle was a Mark Martin fan, so I kind of followed Mark Martin, Warren Gordon a little bit. And then I decided to venture and get my own guy, and you can imagine who that would be. The old number three car. Just have that little battle with my grandpa, you know, on Sundays. And that's about where that went. And then I, you know, junior come along, started following him a little bit. And then, you know, senior left us. So I felt pretty much on to junior shoulders and started following him a lot. And then pretty much when he got his Xfinity team going, I started following drivers he'd bring up here or there. So... I like Kozlowski, and now I'm pretty big into Chase Elliott and Brad Kozlowski. That's about where I go. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know why you'd want to be a Brad Kozlowski fan, <laughs> but we'll get into that here in a second. So, for me, my backstory for NASCAR, my dad was a diehard, and when I say diehard, I mean a diehard senior fan. He watched every race. I remember being, well, I was six or seven years old when Senior died. I can still remember that day, and I can still remember the Daytona 500 win, and we'll get to that later on. And I'm a little older than him. I was about 11 when he died, so. Yeah, a couple, <laughs> couple years older than me. Got a few more gray hairs. Yeah. Um, But I I can still remember sitting in the living room watching that race. Um, I remember my dad, he was like, there's no no way senior, you know, 
anything happened to him, he's going to crawl that car and be just fine. And, you know, I was like, yeah, you know. You know, the suspense hours later of waiting to see if what went happened and yeah, it was, them to say we lost Dale and her. You know? It was crazy. So for me, Shocking. for me, it was, it was a big hit because my dad has never been like a big sports guy at all, but he, he watched NASCAR when we were kids. And when senior died, he quit. Like the, the day he found out he died, he never watched a single race after that. He was done. He was just, he was done with it all. So I quit watching it for a long time. And then I think it was, 08 or 09, I went over to my friend's house and his his dad and him were big Dale Jarrett fans. And they wanted me to become Dale Jarrett fans and I, I just really wasn't for it. I had tried to become a junior fan and it just was, for me, it was hard because, you know, I always expected junior to be the next senior and that wasn't right, but that's what I thought. And I just watched him and it just wasn't the same. So I saw this guy out on the track and a lot of people might give me flack for this, but he reminded me a lot of senior, how he drove. He would put a car in places that I never would think that it would go. And he was aggressive. He really didn't give two shits about what anybody thought. And that was Kyle Busch. And Brad Kozlowski. No, not Brad Kozlowski. <laughs> and so I started following Bush, and I've been a Kyle Bush fan ever since. And I think in the last couple of years, especially probably 16, 17 on, I've become a die-hard Kyle Bush fan. I, I would always kind of followed him, but I I was never really big into NASCAR until 2016, 2017. I really started to follow it again. I kind of fell back in love with the sport. And I, I attest that to Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch has made me really like what I watched as a kid, though the racing is a lot different. But he has that spark and kind of that attitude that I like. Um, I'm not, not, but I'm not saying don't don't get me twisted here. I'm not saying Kyle Busch is Dale Earnhardt Senior. <laughs> a lot of people when I say that they go, "Oh, well, you're comparing." Them. No, I am comparing the two, but I'm not saying one is the other. So. But there are some similar some similarities to each one, though you if you hate Kyle Bush or hate senior, they both got their haters. You yeah, I mean? um, you either loved him or hated him. Both of them. Were the so, same with that being said, that's kind of our backstory. Um, we're kind of gonna go through. I'm gonna just kind of give you a breakdown of what we're going to do on a weekly basis. So we're gonna start out. Talking about the previous race every week, um, anything that happened in that race, we're going to talk about whether it be a big wreck, you know, um, a pass, pass in the grass. I'm hoping to see some of that this year. <laughs> some drama uh, on the track. Yeah, some drama on the track. We're going to touch base on that. Not much of that goes on anymore. But... Yeah, not much. But I, I'm, I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping to see see some more stuff happen this year. Um, any feuding going on, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. If there's any news via team change, if there's penalties, anything that comes out, we are going to discuss it. And we'll discuss it on a weekly basis. I, right now, our plan is to do one podcast a week. If this thing takes off and you guys are begging for more, we'll try to get on more to do a little bit more than what we're doing now. Uh, 
we're going to do fantasy, uh, two different fantasies, one for the for the Facebook page and Instagram, but most of the stuff that you're going to see, if you look on our Facebook page, that's where it's going to come from. And then me and Dennis are going to do a DraftKings one where we're going to put some money in and you guys can kind of, we'll tell you all throughout the week how we do it and how that's going between the two of us. And we're, it's kind of going to be a little bit of Pretty a competition. Like starting lineups for the week. Yeah. Or? We'll tell you what our starting lineups are, who we think's hot, who we think, who we think's cooling off, just this things like that. Um, on this podcast though, since this is the off season, the, the duel, there is a duel this weekend. We're not next weekend or sorry, not this weekend, next weekend. Um, we are not going to get big into really the racing aspect of Daytona right now. We'll do that. Weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do that uh, in the next couple pods. Right now, what we're going to get into is our big moments from Daytona. Uh, I'll start out with mine. My my big moment it's it's pretty pretty obvious. Like I said, I was a senior fan. Was when senior won Daytona, and with a close second, as heartbreaking as it was, the wreck too, just because. I think a lot of people saw a different sign to senior in that race that you hadn't seen in previous years with him blocking for junior and for Michael Waltrip to get that one for Michael to get that win, which was huge. Um, though Michael never got to really celebrate it like he wanted to. Um, I th- I just, the, the impact of what that day did for the sport and then going back to when he won it, what that did for seniors career, you know, he got that, you know, that monumental load, win, you know? yeah, that monumental <laughs> got win, his, got the monkey off his back, got, got that, that big weight off his shoulders and he could say that he won it. And I'm, I know Dennis remembers it. And we actually just talked about this the other day about how all of the pit crew lined up on Daytona. I'm getting chills as I'm talking <laughs> about this. And Mike, uh, Mike Joyce's voice cracks in the audio to that. And you just like, you can under, it's one of those moments in sports that you're like, wow, I got to witness that. I don't, I remember it. I don't, you know, when I say, I remember, I don't like, can tell you every detail, but like when I watched the video back, I'm like, yeah, I I remember seeing this. Um, It just, it's so significant to NASCAR today because it's the big race. It's like the granddaddy. (laughs) Yeah. It's the granddaddy races like Dennis. And we've argued about this. He says it's the Super Bowl of all races. I I don't say that because there's no championship one. I don't don't think there's a Daytona 500 champion. That's the champion of it. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't, I don't agree with that. It's a big race, but it's, I I compare it to like the Rose Bowl. It's the Rose Bowl of races. He doesn't feel the same way about Daytona, the Daytona 500, because Kyle Busch is kind of lacking in that category. No, that's not it at all. (laughs) And we'll, we'll actually touch on that a little bit, but that's going to be in a later podcast as to the drivers that, are going to be in this race this year and who are the guys that we're looking at to win something big, you know, 
when I say that, I mean they the significance of Daytona is huge, but who and those and the drivers in the field right now would that just be over the top for them? Really change their career type of Daytona 500 wins. But again, a little off topic here. Let's get back to what we're going to for. All right, so we have. We've had some big news this offseason, one of them being we've got new drivers and we've got some team changes. And we also have some teams that have shaken some stuff up. And we'll also touch on we have an owner that bought a track, which is very, very significant to the sport. If you follow the sport closely enough to understand Roger Penske, what he's done for Michigan, now by an Indy, this is huge. I think this is that. I think that point right there is NASCAR's biggest offseason move, um, breaking news, whatever you want to call it. And I'm actually going to kind of backtrack a little bit, and we're going to go back to the team changes and. We've got some guys here that we think are pretty pretty big for uh, guys, like guys that have moved around. Moving up. The rookies coming in. Yeah, some, some rookies coming in. So for me, one of one of my big guys that I follow, if I if I could say that there's a second driver that I follow would be Christopher Bell. And his moving up to the ninety-five car coming out of Xfinity for Joe Gibbs. Uh, I think he's going to be a big mover and shaker. Uh, who's who's a guy that you think is pretty big, Dennis? I mean, I'd, I'd like to say Tyler Reddick, but out of all the rookies moving up, I'd say Chris Rebell has the best opportunity. Got the and, best cards at hand to play here, you know. And coming into – I mean, I know he drives for Levine and they're a lower-tier team compared to RCR. Or, well – and we've had this discussion uh, too. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I just think that he's going to have, you know, the, you got Gibbs back in Levine Racing yeah. now. So you might as well say that's another Gibbs organization over there. And RCR is pretty far off right now. Right. <laughs> in this day and age. And and, and let's not forget about Cole Custer. I think going to Stuart Hoss. He's not, he might not be in a bad spot either. No. But, and it, I think I think what a lot of people need to follow when you're, when you're talking about Cole Custer is you need to look at him. And I'm not saying to compare, but you need to look at the numbers that Cole puts up this year compared to Daniel Suarez of last year. They're both running the same car. It's a 41 car. I don't think there's much team changes to that. Do, yeah, you, do you know? I don't of, know if they're bringing a different I, crew chief and I don't all know. that in with him or what. Yeah, hey, I'm not I sure. sure see what's going I'm not sure that. Of that either. I will have to look that up and touch on that in the next podcast. But uh, I think – that will really tell you where that fourth car for Stuart Haas is. And the move from Daniel Suarez, I kind of saw it coming. Being a Kyle Busch fan, I followed Joe Gibbs Motorsports, and I kind of knew when the whole ordeal fell, you know, happened with Martin Truex, that there was going to be something, you know, somebody's going to pick him up. And I felt like, I felt like it was just the perfect fit for Martin Truex to come to Joe Gibbs Racing for the reason of they had had so much work together with 
with them being so close to Joe Gibbs. So, um, you got Chris Buescher too. Going yeah, to the yeah, Chris, I think Chris. But another one that I think a lot of people need to follow, and I know you're not as big on this as me, but Matthew Benedetto, him going to Wood Brothers, I think is a step in the right direction for his career. Being as, I think he had a really good, I wouldn't say really good, I think he had a good car last year. I don't know if he's going to take a step up much from a car perspective, but being that as of that you're running for Wood Brothers and just kind of the whole underlying tone. that I'm down on it. I just don't think he has the best opportunity of the other guys, you know. Right. (laughs) Um, Wood Brothers are kind of a step back too, you know, just – well, I, th- I think the significance of Wood Brothers is just the name that yeah. carries with him. I mean, yeah, them. he's running for a prestigious team, but... And can, can we just say something they're real They're kind of off pace, like RCR, right. Roush. They're all off pace. Let, let's say something real quick. I know me and Dennis fully agree on this. Thank you, the Lord Jesus, that Paul Menard is not in NASCAR <laughs> anymore. Oh, my Lord. The move last year, I felt... For Wood Brothers, I did not understand that at all. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was probably just a sponsorship. That or they couldn't find a guy to fill the car. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. But I I did not understand that. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. He's not. And not that I can drive a NASCAR any better. But I felt there was a lot of other choices you could have went with that. I think the biggest news for me would be Penske being the, my second driver being Kozlowski. These crew chief changes yes the, the crew chief changes i was actually getting ready to go into that so the crew chief changes is definitely uh a shake-up it's going to i don't know i mean what what's your take you you're closer to penske and understanding everything I mean, that goes in with them than yeah, i am paul wolf with kozlowski his whole career with penske you know they won a championship together you got todd gordon with Lugano for a long time, they won a championship together, you know. And Bullens, I mean, I don't, I never really followed Blaney that much, and don't know much about Bullens per se. So it's going to be interesting to see. Can I think what they're trying to see is if can Todd Gordon bring Blaney success like he did Lugano? I mean, I mean, for, from what I've read. It seems like everybody's pretty much on board yeah, they, on this. They, all three drivers seem like they now going into it with open mind and they're now behind embracing it. And, now behind scenes, you know, we don't we right. don't know what's going on, you know, what the talks are. But I feel like Roger would not make a move like this if he didn't damper his team. Yeah, you know? if he didn't feel there's some significance to it. And sometimes shakeups aren't bad. You know, you get a new guy with a new set of eyes on you. You know, uh, can it didn't work run, out too well for Jimmy Johnson though. Well, there was a lot of – I think there was a lot of back way to that. That's and they a whole other story. Yeah, <laughs> and well, we can – and we can touch – let's touch on that because that is that is previous news. So, we'll, we'll go back on that. We can kind of kind of touch on it. Um, my thought is on this. Hendrick goes, okay, we have young drivers here. We need a set of eyes on them besides myself and the other drivers to be able to tell me – what these guys haven't left them, well, you know, are, are they worth? Yeah, let's bring the guy that long-term money into with our seven-time championship driver. 
See Absolutely. what he thinks of this kid coming in. I mean, yeah, that's that's how I feel on it. And so, I don't, I not, I don't know. Maybe this is a little bit of reading the cards per se of Hendrick's hand, but I think Hendrick knows Jimmy's time is up. Oh yeah, and I think he understands that he, you know, he could come out well, he and he could retiring now. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, then who knew? But I think. He, he could come out and run a decent season, but I don't think he's going to put up these wild stat lines that he had before. I don't see him winning a bunch of races. To be honest with you, I've actually made a little side bet. I don't see him winning a race at all this year. I just, I don't. I, I, I The bet's with me, and I say he's going to win at least two races this year. And I just don't see it. I, I've watched a car that looks like it struggles in traffic, and... I don't like saying this because I know it's not true, but it, it looks like to me when I watch him, he looks like he's scared to be on the track. Yeah, it looks like he doesn't want to make <laughs> moves. And when he made one aggressive move, he took a guy out on the roval, which gets me so worked up. He could have pointed in and went to the playoffs. Instead, that knocked him out of a playoff race. That yeah. just is crazy to me. And he took – I mean – the guy that he takes out, he was in the playoffs no matter what. He was Record, records or checkers, they say, right? <laughs> I, I guess. And, you know, I just – I seem – to me, I felt like he was wanting that win so much. I, I felt he just made a mistake. I mean – yeah, but guys like he, he's itching to get that to win. And guys like Jimmy and, Johnson shouldn't make mistakes yeah, like that at the end of the race. We're all human. Now. I know. I think he got a little over aggressive, and that, that's what – it, it hurt him. I, and for me, I, I'm i not a big Jimmy Johnson fan, but it just it's one of those deals where I'm like, eh, I don't really know about this. I think that move wasn't wasn't the best. So that's just my take on that. Um, back to the Penske guys, though, because the, I think if, the, if there's a, you know, 1A, which is Roger Penske buying Indy, there's a one B, which is this team shakeup, and they're they're the biggest. There's you know if you go look at you can go on the NASCAR app and look. There's a whole article that they did where it shows every single team, yeah, every single driver that moved and every single team that changed guys. I was looking through it. There wasn't to me. There wasn't anything that just jumped out besides these Penske guys, which that was a whole separate article I read too. But this just for me. Who, who do you think is going to benefit the most? Uh, I think Blaney is. That, that's... I think it goes Blaney. I, I and I hate saying that. I think it goes Blaney, Joey Ogano, and Brad Kozlowski. And the only reason why I say that is I think uh, Blaney and Joey Ogano got the better two crew chiefs. And yeah, I'm, I don't know a lot maybe, about on Jeremy Bowens to and maybe I'm decide. wrong on that. And maybe you know. The shakeup changes Brad's way, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm not a Brad Kozlowski like fan. <laughs> I'm not. But over these last couple of years, I've grown some respect for him for the reason of this. And I have a guy that I consider to be one of – actually, two guys that have told me this, that I consider to be very smart racing all around. Um, they both dabbled in dirt track cars – they have followed NASCAR since they were young. These are older guys, both in their 50s. 
and they've both looked at me and told me Kyle Busch might be the best driver out there as talent-wise, but Brad Keselowski is the best guy that can take a car with a crap setup, a car that doesn't pull well, and he can make it work, and he will put it and get it right, and he'll be in a running in a race. And these guys have told me over, and especially one of them, have told me over and over and over again. That's why he loves watching Brad Kozlowski, because he listens to the radio and listens to how he manages throughout a race. And he says there's been very few guys in the, in the sport that can do it. Now, pump up my guy Kyle Busch a little bit. He <laughs> listens to him, too. And he says Kyle does the same thing, but Kyle is given way better equipment. I won't say equipment, but he's given way better setups to deal with than Brad K does. So I, I will give him that. And I feel Joey Logano, a little talk on him. I think he's going to have a good year. I think he'll be in the playoffs. Uh, I don't see him making the final four, but I could see the round of eight for sure. And I think Ryan Blaney can be right there. Ryan Blaney is probably one of the top underrated guys in NASCAR right now. Oh, yeah, what, he, what he did with Wood Brothers, where he took that car and you saw you get Paul Menard in it and it takes a step back. Um, I think they were actually – and maybe that's why I feel when you, when you put a guy like Matty D in it, I feel like that they can go back on to where they were with Blaney and that team can start taking steps in the right direction and start. I'm not saying they're going to win races, but at least be in the top 15, top 10. I, I, I honestly feel that I, I think Maddie is one of them too. He's a very underrated driver. Um, when you have a guy that doesn't praise very many drivers in NASCAR being Kyle Busch. And he tells you Matty D needs to be in a ride. And you have guys like Denny Hamlin that come out publicly and tell you, I'm going to go find you a ride. I'm going to talk to the people I know in NASCAR and get you a ride. I think that says something about him personally, one, his character, how he deals with guys in the, you know, in the shop, um, his worth ethic, because I can tell you this right now, any Joe Gibbs guy, if you don't have worth ethic, they don't want you in there. They don't want you in NASCAR because that's how they are. They're hardworking guys. Um, and, and Joe, that's part of whole Joe's thing. And the other thing is they have to see talent in you. You know, they're not going to extend a helping hand just because you were nice to him on the track and, you know, you, you let them have an easy pass. That's not how those guys work. So for me – those are two guys that I'm I'm big on. I kind of hate how Matty D's ride ended with Levine, though. You know, I think I think it was a crappy deal. I I, I really think I, it was, but I I look at it as. I, but Gibbs has got so much talent. They're like, all right, we're gonna branch out here. Yeah, let's support this team. We can move Bo into the car. Do you think? I think we've kind of. T- we, I think we've kind of had a conversation on this, but do you think that Joe Gibbs forced the hand to bring Christopher Bell because they looked at two guys, one being super young, being Chris Bell, get him in a car, 
let him not have as good of car as Joe Gibbs, but have a really close, probably second. You know, it's a, it's oh, not there, but it's really close to being there. And see what he can perform or have a guy that you know has been steady, is going to put good laps in every race, but is probably never going to hang around and get you a win. Or when he does, I wouldn't say it's a fluke, but it's like, oh, well, there's had to be something to play into it. I think that's where the lines were drawn, where they had to make a really hard decision. And I think if you'd actually go ask Joe Gibbs, I don't think he would like to get rid of Matty D as you know, being a guy that race for Levine family racing. Um, but anyway, maybe he doesn't have any role in that. I don't know, but I think he has to. I, I think he has to be in the decision-making there because of the money that they have and the resources and stuff that they've worked back and forth with them. I think it's the same thing with Furniture Row with Martin Truex. There was a reason why in the last couple of years of Furniture Row, they did as good as they did while they were working hand in hand with Joe Gibbs. Yeah. (laughs) The the Alliance was there for sure. So going on to that, we're going to get into the road course at Indy because this is huge. Oh yeah. It's not for the cup and we're going to, we're going to talk mostly cup in these podcasts. You know, if there's something big that happens in Xfinity or truck series, uh, we'll talk on that. But this is big for NASCAR in general because they're running. If you haven't heard of this, drum roll. <laughs> they're running the road course at Indy for Xfinity. And this is a Roger Penske move. And he did. He had Does a, he bring it to Cup? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Does he? Is this a trial and error run? Well, See how it goes, okay. You know? So we listened the other. Actually, it was yesterday. We listened to his little speech there when they introduced that he was now the owner of Indy, and he said he was doing this for the fans and only for the fans. And this is all for this year is for the spectators and who watches Indy. And with just everything that goes with a fan experience, that's all they're taking this whole year for is just fan experience. They're not adding anything to the races. They're not putting it. I, I don't know if they're putting any money. I, yeah, he didn't, I didn't really dabble on that. But he's saying every kind of move that he's doing this year, it's kind of like you were saying, like a trial run error to see what the fans like, what they don't like, if this is something that they could maybe do for the cup. You know, it, I think it's going to be real. I don't think they'll ever take the brickyard away from NASCAR, the cup. But I think that maybe, you know, they're starting to change up. You know, they brought the Roval in two years ago. I think that they could have an Indy road race there. What's, oh, yeah. what's your thoughts I, on that? I think they could. I, I, I'd enjoy it, you know. I wasn't always a big fan of road courses, but the Roval, I thought was kind of neat, you know. I think there's – and we'll touch on the Roval um, – I, I have my own personal opinion on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into that. I want to I want to stay course with this though, and I want to keep talking about uh, this road course and then Roger Penske buying Indy. So Roger Penske buying Indy. Uh, we see what Roger Penske has done with Michigan. I think that this was a great move for NASCAR. Roger's a great track owner. He's going to probably put 
money into this. I've heard the rumor, rumor on NASCAR right now, it's a hot rumor, that Indy is going to get lights, ladies and gentlemen. So you know what that means? A night race. And I think that would be great for the Brickyard. Um, These night races, like for Bristol, uh, have taken off. Guys are loving this stuff. The viewing the viewers are up. Yeah, I mean, you think of Bristol, you think of the Bristol night race. You don't yeah. think of Bristol spring race, you know. I mean, me and Dennis have talked about this. If there's one race that we want to go to right now, top of our bucket list. I've never been to a NASCAR race yet. I plan on going to one this year. I'm going to try to make it to Kentucky. <laughs> That's the plan. But the one race that we want to go to, night race at Bristol. We both. We didn't even tell each other. We both said at the same time, night race at Bristol. That's <laughs> yeah. where we want to go. Now, my second race that I'd like to go to, I'd like to go to the paper court, go watch Martinsville. But I'm, I like a short, I'm yeah, a short like, track, like dirt short track kind of guy. They're just not so, close enough for me. To yeah, be. I've been to Michigan, yeah. I've been to Kentucky. Yeah, old Dennis here, he's been all to all the tracks around here. So, uh, another another topic. I I think we're that's pretty much uh, everything. Yeah, probably the the stage changes, pretty okay, big. You yeah. know, we can talk about stage changes. So. NASCAR just come out. I think this was what last uh, week sometime. I can't remember when they first announced it. Last week or in the in the last two two weeks at least, uh, NASCAR came out with the changes to the stage. With yeah. that, it makes it very increase the length of the final stage. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it makes it very. I don't know. I want to say to very change interesting strategy. You know. Yeah. Like now they're saying with this. They would only have to have one green flag pit stop instead of two on the final stage. Right. Um, Which, you know, that if you get them long green flag runs, how it was set up, and you're going, both of them are green flag pit stops, you know, the race kind of gets boring to people that aren't into NASCAR, per se. Right. Know? Well, let's, let's talk about something here first. Let's go back, because I think since we got some, some time here for off-season talk... <laughs> What is your opinion, Dennis? I'm putting you on the spot here. What's your opinion on stage racing? Because I know a lot of guys that are older, let's say in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, that hate stage racing. I've yeah, stopped watching I'm... NASCAR because of stage racing. Now, maybe it's because I'm younger and I'm more willing to, you know, try out new things. I love stage racing. That's actually, I think, what kind of got me back into NASCAR was this whole stage change. It, there wasn't these long greens where somebody gets ten second lead and I mean, they're laughing half the I track. I witnessed it happen in Kentucky. It, it does ha- happen, uh, in, but there's but, a, it does break it up though. And then for me, I think it's just so much more. Com- it's I, more I competitive. They, they were, yeah, they're trying to add to the competitiveness of it and tighten the competition per se. You know, but yeah, and you, I. It's not bad when it first came out. I didn't like it. Didn't like the idea of it till I seen it happen. I don't like the idea of a like Matt Crafton proving it this year. You can win a championship without winning a race. I'm and I I'm a hundred not agree with that. I a hundred percent agree with you. But my argument to that is you have to I, run consistent and yeah, you get have them stage points. You have to, to run consistent. Still stay in the run, you know. Um, my other thing with, with that is, and I'm like I said, I'm gonna probably keep saying this because this argument that I've had against against people that tell me that stage racing isn't good for the sport is 
the and the playoffs. Playoffs and stage racing, I think, can kind of combine because yeah. there wasn't really a playoff before. Um, with the playoffs and stage racing, we don't know three weeks out who the freaking champion is. Yeah. That was a problem in NASCAR. Now that was in the the NASCAR's quote and unquote heyday. That was probably some of the best racing you'll ever watch. But when Earnhardt won his championships, he won them. <laughs> And for that, you know, it was fun as a kid watching that because your driver's winning, you know, and he's going to – you already know, well, I'm going to still watch these races, but he's got this in the bag. <laughs> for me now, that anticipation come that Sunday when when it was at Homestead, which, well, side note, so glad it's not at Homestead <laughs> this year. Probably my least favorite track in NASCAR. But now when we go to Phoenix this year and – the it's gonna be a four, game changer for some guys. You know? For yeah, for the Harvick. for the four drivers that are in it, I I love it. You know, every year I since they've done the playoffs and it's been at Homestead, I've went into this race. Well, this isn't Kyle Busch's best track. You know, what's it, off a little bit here on this playoff thing? I kind of like to have every aspect of every race in it. You got your short tracks, you got your super speedways, and now they threw the real one to it. Yeah, I, I like that. It's because that, that that can determine our true champion. Can you race well at every different category of a track we have? Yeah, and we actually we broke this down. So we were kind of looking. Uh, let me look here and see. Oh, I don't think we. Well, we'll we'll have to we'll have to touch on this at a later time. But we have it actually. We have it actually broke broken down. down as to who we think. Yeah, we don't have it here with us. Who we think, or we kind of like went through the playoffs, just the playoff races, because I think each round, yeah, each round, going to benefit with how they have them set up. Yeah, and who, what cars we think would have a better advantage by obviously where how they previously ran, yeah, to the previous round. And I'll tell you this: the way it's set up this year, ah, man, it's. I think there's going to be at least one car that. I think Chase might... Elliott's going to break through and make the, crack the final four this year. Yeah, I, uh, well, and that's the conversation we had is is where you where's Chase Chevy at this changing year? Changing their car this year, getting some aerodynamics. Um, because you know Hendrick kind of they're kind of take a step back, and it, now with these changes, is it going to push them over the top, get them back competitive? Right, right. And I know we're, we're kind of kind of all yeah, over I know the we're place all over here, the place, but. But that you know, this is kind of. I'm not going to say this is how every week's going to go, but there's a topic that we feel that we can touch on and give a kind of our insight where flying, get, flying off the yeah, top of the head here. It, this is just kind of kind of what happens. And this, in, these are these first couple episodes are going to be more of the off season stuff. So we're kind of going to touch on things from the past year too, and this kind of plays into that with the playoffs and everything. Um. I think another guy that we had looked at, you know, I, I think Kevin Harvick's going to be right there again. I, I don't, I just don't see a playoff without Kevin Harvick. Yeah, um, I agree. Same thing with Kyle, but there's, there's last two spots. And I mean, Martin, Martin's been in there every. It seems like every year too, but to go for the longevity runs type of type of races 
Um, I'm going to say this, the super speedways, I think everybody that follows NASCAR knows this. Cowboy struggles. Um, and hopefully through the regular season, he can get his points in. But I, I think if you get a guy like, let's say, an Alex Bowman or Chase Elliott. A, yeah, a Chase Elliott. I'm trying to think of some guys <laughs> that, you know, would get in with points. Oh, but Yeah, and, and would make themselves in the to, into the other rounds. Yeah. You know, you get a super speedway under, underneath their belt. And and they you know they can kind of kind of take off. So I and I think Alex is kind of the top guy that comes to mind. You know maybe maybe Matty D. I, I don't think he really is going to point in, but maybe maybe so. We don't know. Um, you know on the cups there knocks a Ryan Newman out. Maybe maybe a Christopher Bell or a Cole Custer. One one of these guys like that that just gets. Hot gets the right track and gets a win and they puts them on to the next round. And you know, for for these younger guys especially, that could that can change your career early. You know, you get hot at a track, you make a right run. Another guy, and I don't know if Dennis agrees with me, Kyle Larson. If he can get his car set up right, we they can figure everything out for him. I think he can be right there with the best of the Chevy change. Yeah. What what Chevy driver is gonna Go to the top with this. Is it going to damper them, make them go? So let's kind of let's go into that. Let's talk about that a little bit. We had a conversation about this actually yesterday. So Chevy makes this change. I kind of I had proposed the question to Dennis as to give me the off the top of your head right now. Give me the guys that you think best best scenario for them slash who's going to benefit the most from this. My two guys are Kyle Larson, Kurt Busch. I think Kurt understands this car enough. I think they've had it in the in the wind tunnel. They understand the aerodynamics of it. And he went out on on NASCAR, I think it was NASCAR on Fox, and put out a video talking about the aerodynamics of this car. Now, he wouldn't do this if he didn't feel that there was something there with this. And Kurt, Kurt the last two years, has run pretty good. Yeah, he's not I mean, he's, bad, but he, he, you probably... I think you got to look at your Hendrick cars, though. That's well, the top-tier Chevy Well, team. and my my takeaway from that has been... And, and, you got three young guns. And you've, you've heard this over and over again, is I only see one guy on that team that even remotely worries me to run for the championship, which is Chase Elliott. I'm sorry, you <laughs> you Jimmy Johnson fans out there, if you're a William Byron fan, Alex Bowman, I'm sorry. But I just – Alex I see potential in. I think he is – he's in a good seat. I think he's got good head. I, I saw improvement on the track with him last year. But I don't see it in William Byron. I'm sorry. And I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the changes that they've made – in the last two years for him, is he going to do something for him? I just don't see it. Jimmy, I think you're washed up, buddy. I'm sorry. You had a really <laughs> good run. I'm but, a little more optimistic about him than you because being a Chase Elliott fan, yeah. I got ties to him. So. I just – I don't I don't see it. I and may, Maybe I'm wrong. May, you know, maybe Jimmy has yeah, – I'd like to see Jimmy go out on top. Maybe, so. you know, 
RIP to Kobe, but maybe he has like a Kobe game. You know, Kobe dropped 60 in his last game. Maybe Jimmy has a year where he just has a great run, but I'm not seeing it. He has not showed anything in the last four years that has has me jumping maybe, out maybe of my seat. Maybe tournament change helps him a lot. You know, all these different role packages. Is this what's made Jimmy fall off? What, you know? Like, I, like I've told you, I think he's scared. It's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> scared. I, I hate to say that, but I think I think he's scared. I not really, <laughs> but I, I just I just don't see that competitive fire in him anymore. He just looks like he's just out there just having a good old Making time. Lines, huh? Yeah, I don't I mean, am I lot, wrong though? Lot filler, huh? <laughs> am I wrong? I'm, I'm not it, I'm not yeah. saying he's a flat filler. The, that's the, the, that's the, a Paul Menard. The competitiveness okay? of him is pretty lacking. Yeah, I'm not gonna disagree. Numbers not lie, but. I mean that move, I felt okay. So going back to the Roval talks, <laughs> that I'm gonna probably probably gonna hear this a lot out of me because this just this has blown my mind because Jimmy's so much smarter than that move. It just felt it felt like it was such a reach. Like, well, I've got to prove yeah, to everybody. But, I mean, you look at Chase. He last year when he won, he overshot it and. But right in the wall, you know, that happens. They make mistakes. But the anticipation, the, the drilling runs to these guys, you know, they there's a big difference. And this and, is this is a track that they don't have any history with, you know. I mean, but they had last year. I mean, guys like Jimmy Johnson can run a track like that and understand it because he's smart. I'm not taking away from Jimmy at all here. I'm just saying guys like that don't make mistakes. You just don't <laughs> make those kind of mistakes. And I know I'm that was the first year that that happened. I'm still on this. It just it blows my mind. Well, I, that's I, what I'm saying. It was the first. They, they didn't have a lot of history on this track. But you know? he had ran that track all day. He knew going into that corner what he had. He knew what tires were left on that car. There was no way of making that move. It's just it just it just doesn't make any sense. Maybe to he me. felt it's now or never. And, and back to the <laughs> Chase Elliott. Back to the Chase Elliott comparison. That Chase is in a different time in his career where he can take that gamble. And still, he still could make I the playoffs. Say that. It took yeah. Jimmy out of the playoffs. It's the Jimmy, Jimmy's playoffs. a seven-time champion. He's at the point where, but, I mean, does it matter if he didn't make the playoff or not to him? But what did – well, back – okay, no, we're going to take – going to downplay that because, I mean, it take, probably does matter. But. Take this all full, full circle. So the competitive edge to him. The, to me, the competitive edge says – Place, come in in points, and prove yourself in the playoffs. Instead, he takes a gamble to try to get a win that he didn't need because if he placed second place, which is what he was going to do, he gets into the race. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue there. But, but, and I've I've had this, con, um, this theory, and you could maybe call it a conspiracy, that was the breaking point and the relationship. That's why he changes crew chiefs. I think that race tells me everything I needed to know about why that split was there. I think Hendrick saw that. I think the crew chief saw that and goes, okay, is Jimmy just out there trying to prove a point with that? Or is he really trying to make the playoffs? Is he really more concerned about the win? Or is he more concerned about winning the playoffs to try to get in to run for another championship? 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard to say what's running through these guys' minds. You know what I mean, though? Because you can't tell me that over that radio, at the Roval, they're not telling him, you take second, you go to the playoffs with points. You cannot tell me that they're not telling him that. They, they have that all there. Like, yeah. if if the guys that are announcing that race can tell you, hey, Jimmy placed a second, he, he gets into the playoffs. You can't tell me that the crew chief and the rest of the team don't have that. At their disposal, and they know what he and he probably knew before the race. Hey, I'm in the top. I think it had to be in the top five. I get in. That just it just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Dennis, we'll is, agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah, Dennis, is there anything else you want to touch on? I guess I can think of. I guess a kind of a thing that that we can tease. We we never well this isn't teasing. We never really actually touched. We kind of touched on this. We'll go back to it. So the stage racing part. So you had said to me, I think this was two days ago, you had, to, you had said to me, you like the setup better before. And, and you actually you, you actually convinced me on this. You like the setup before because of it being shorter at the end. It was like a lot shorter. Yeah, I think which, I, I'd look more into it. It's I think each race is about, it depends on the track. Some are like 10, some I think. I don't know if it's a super speedway or a short tracks or but I think it's a short tracks are about 40 laps longer now in the final stage. Yeah. So you had said the short, yeah, that short run that you had on the final stage. It's kind of like a shootout. But now yeah. I read into it and they're saying, you know, kind of changing it for the fuel mileage aspect and lessening the green flag pit stops if they do that. You know so I mean? with that change, who do you think this benefits as as the drivers? Oh man, I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> you know, what, what team can get a strategy to conquer it? Well, you know, that's all. Right, right off, to. right off the top of my head, I think a fuel mileage uh, guy that can do fuel mileage is Brad Keselowski. That they always seem, even though they run on fumes, they always just seem to have that right pinpoint on. Yeah, a guy that I think that won't do well in this is Denny Hamlin. I just, I, I, it I seems like how much you, it's going to change. I mean, is it going to change? I don't know. I'd have to see it kind of play out to get an opinion on it. We'll know? get Mike Joy's opinion on it. We'll get him on here on the <laughs> yeah, podcast and have yeah. him tell us. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, I know when we get more information, we can, we can talk more on this. I'm going to put Dennis on the spot here, too. He ain't going to like this, but. <laughs> Uh, I think in this first podcast, we have to talk about this a little bit, though, even though we don't have much information, is they're talking engine changes. And I think that's big for this sport because it's been a while since we've had that. Um, you know, they're always messing with the aerodynamics to set up on the cars. The horsepower. Would they knock yeah. it down to 550 or something like that at the super speed? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. They had the restrictor play, the pulling restrictor play. We go back and forth. We do this whole thing, song and dance. I know a lot of guys don't like this in NASCAR where there's these rule changes all the time, package changes, and it seems like it's just a continuous change to get fans in. Listen, let's just say it right now. Let's, let's just have this conversation. One, lower ticket prices. And get your hotels at your racetracks, around your racetracks, to not jack up the freaking rooms to where they're stupid expensive. Two, can we go a year, just one year, this is all we're asking, just one year where we have everything the same. So when guys go and watch a race, they don't have to go, well, 
that portal knee I've never heard of before, or this changes the car I didn't know about when they start talking about it in the broadcast. Let's just let's just let this play out for for one year. See, that's where Kentucky kind of got boring to me because that's typically like a test run for a new package every year. The week before the race, they'd announce, "Oh, we're going to run this new yeah package at this track," and then and that works out great if that package goes in favor yeah, to your good, driver. If it makes good racing, you know. But if it doesn't, and then you're like, "Well, what's this?" And I think that's when we kind of go back to Roger Penske and him being able to say, "Hey, I want to go and have a f- family friendly." All for the fans year this year. See where we go with this. That's why they're doing the Xfinity race. They're going to do the road course. Um, the Brickyard, around the 4th of July this year, they're going to do a big thing on that. He said that you know there's a lot to come with that. He's got to talk with these people. I know they've got stuff in the works already. And just kind of the whole, whole deal with all of that. Um, I know... My personal opinion on all this is if they would stick to something like, okay, take for example, you know, we just talked about the change of where the championship races. I love that. That's a good change. I think for it the should sport. change every year. I'm, every year I've been with Dennis on this. We've had this conversation multiple times. I think it just needs, it needs to go. I also think, that you could lose Homestead any day of the week. Like if you came out now, change the schedule, and was like, hey, we're going to lose Homestead and we're going to run um, Indy twice or something. Not Indy because I don't think you could split it up like you want to. But you run – okay, take the road course. You could run Indy twice. Take the road course. We're going to run that. Yeah. I would take that over Homestead. That's how much I dislike that. Or like I've proposed, there's been talks that NASCAR's – Working with Rockingham again. Bring it back. Bring Rockingham yeah. back to the sport. I love it. Uh, now that you touch on that, with the change of the championship race, I think it'd be better to change it every year because you don't have – I think it opens the door for other drivers. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think – and I think Phoenix you, you was go, a really good track to go off ha- to. Each driver has a dominant track. So Yeah. and But then you got people that will say, oh, if you have a championship race at Talladega or Daytona, that – would suck super speedway racing for that. And then, you know, you always got to watch out for the big one. Yep. What? How could that play out to them guys? What's all, you know I mean? They all get caught up in that. Right. And I've told you, like I said, you can wreck at any race. So to me, I don't know. I just like it to change every year. I think it does a pretty cool um, swing on it. And like I've told you before, that's my one thing. I do not want a super speedway to be a championship race. I think every other track, well, super seed bees and I think red you gotta courses. have it in the at it's least in have the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah, Absolutely. In the, in the playoffs, playoffs not championship race. Do not give me I'll go with this. Don't give me your road courses, don't give me your super speedway. And I think it would be really interesting, but please do not do the championship at Bristol. <laughs> it would be awesome. I'd be all for it, but I just don't see that playing out. It just uh, <laughs> I think I think heads would turn yeah, but, if it went to Bristol. You could go back to the Labani and Earnhardt race, so you know. Oh, I think there would be race. definitely be some of, hardcore racing. I don't think bumpers to bumpers. I don't think know, you could run it. Yeah, I don't think you can run at Martinsville either. I think there'd be a lot of people <laughs> it'd be interesting. That. But it'd be that's what, and that's I guess 
for us, that's kind of where we're at. We want we want interesting races, which I think every fan wants. Um, can we get to where this isn't a PG sport anymore? I know <laughs> it has to be family friendly, but good God. I grew up with, you know, Earnhardt telling you, I didn't mean to wreck him. I just meant to rattle his cage. And we all knew what that meant. <laughs> you know, the fist fights. And, and we've we've had a discussion about this and we're kind of getting a little long winded on this, but we just don't have those, those fierce guys, those tell it how it is country boys who didn't give a damn who you was, who your sponsors were. They were going out there to win them a race, no matter what. And I think that's where it all changed. The day and age has changed though. You don't have the, I mean, you look at Taker and her, how he come up in the sport. Yeah, there's, versus how a Jimmy Johnson or Kyle Busch came up in sport. It was a lot rougher back then. Them guys had to be that way, you know? Right. Those were dirt track races. And we have a few of those in the I mean, sport winning, now. Early in his life, winning meant he got to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't have that anymore. And I guess... That's what changed it. I guess the progression isn't bad. It's a good thing for the drivers. But for me, I just think, you know, the, the drama that you had off the track pulled you in from week to week oh, yeah. well, to I, see what that next week I think is. What, what we really mean is we need rivalries back. We need that Earnhardt Gordon days back. We yeah, be, that back. because like the Brad Keselowski and Kyle Busch ones kind of it fizzled it's, out. It's fizzled <laughs> out. The Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, it, it's still there because I think there's some really dirty laundry between the two. I don't, I don't know any details on that, but – I just think there's a lot more than just track stuff there. <laughs> um, that's kind of died off. The Denny Hamlin uh, chase thing, that's done. Just, I mean, they how much don't... is NASCAR impeding into that? Like, oh, I'm sure they They're bringing a... them right in right away when there's a conflict and saying, I'm sure they have a big part of that. You guys settle this now, you know? Absolutely. I think, I think they have a huge part of that. And I think that's where NASCAR has lost their fans. And like we were talking, just the, the tracks being so, you know, tickets being so expensive to go there and the hotel prices being jacked up, you know, if you're trying to stay at the track, stuff, the stuff like that, just the, the price to go watch NASCAR is just unbelievable. Um, I, I guess kind of we're going to wrap things up here. Um, one little quick thing. We won't, we won't drag on too long about this, but I think it needs to be talked about in this episode is the series is now a NASCAR Cup Series. It is no longer the Monster Energy Cup Series. What that means is there's four brands that have taken on the sponsorship. Yeah, partners of, and sponsoring it. Instead of having one whole yeah. sponsor of it, I could say. I don't know the word I'm trying to look And I you. think NASCAR is one of this for a while from everything I've read. Yeah, I, oh, absolutely. I don't. More, I think it could bring more money in. You know, like say the four now is Bush Beer, Coca Cola, Xfinity, and Geico. So I mean, you say let's take a certain amount from each one could add more than just saying let's take a hole from this guy. That it's pretty expensive to sponsor NASCAR. You know. Yep, absolutely. I, I'm. So I'm now that you break it down, stuff. it makes it easier to get those guys and come on board and. And I think with this, if you put break, their brand on it, if you break up four guys, four you know up to four different companies like this, then I think in the long term, you can start reaching out to companies that maybe wavered on it before because of the price, but now can come back into it and go, okay, 
I'll pay for a fourth of that because then they're still going to get the sponsorship like Monster got. I mean, probably not as big because, you know, Monster Energy was all over everything. But they're going to get a good portion of it is what I'm saying. I forget how much it actually costs to be the It's ridiculous. I know the main that. sponsor of it, but, yeah, it's pretty pretty outrageous. Uh, so, but that opens the door. Yeah, it definitely does. A lot more money. Is it going to, you know, how much better will it make it? So, we want your guys' feedback on this. This is all new. I've done one, I've done like two episodes on another. I'm pretty shy, guys. This is breaking me out of my mold here. (laughs) Yes. I've I've done some other sports podcasts. I did like two with uh, uh, Across the Board which is a sports page. You can look them up online. They have a Facebook. They have a Twitter. They have an Instagram. They're all types of different sports. They're awesome. I know the guys that run it. I actually went to school with the guy. They're all about sports. They're all about everything you want to do with sports. And there's a lot of really smart people in that. So we're, we're actually part of that. So that's why our name is Across the Track. We're Because the name of... You could say the pages across the board, uh, ATB, and what what you'll see it for short and wise. So everything that we do with uh, ATB, we're gonna post with through them, um, and I'm gonna have those guys kind of help us out with getting this podcast out. I'm still gonna do it. Like I was saying, we have our own page. It's called Across the Track. It's a public page on Facebook. We will take all your comments, any reviews, feedback that you can give yeah, what us. What you guys if want there, us to talk about? If there's what something, you want our opinion on? Yeah, if there's something, if you want a top five or something, if you're wanting our opinion on a driver that we didn't talk about, that's your favorite driver. If you want us to talk about a certain track that you know we like, dislike, what's our thoughts on it, if there's a track change, anything, anything with NASCAR, we will talk about. Now, if you're gonna start throwing me stuff like, well, what about this tire changer going in or this fuel guy? I'm probably not gonna talk about that because I don't know the ins and outs of sports like that, of the sport that way, but I will talk anything and so will Dennis about NASCAR, what like we had talked about before, we're we're wanting to make this a weekly thing where we talk about the previous race, we talk about the next, do fantasy. We're going to do a couple different segments. We haven't really worked out everything on that. But um, if there's any history, we're trying to try to rem- remember slash figure out what the history is. If there's some guy that's going to have a big, you know, has the chance of having a big run or a big race, you know, We'll, we'll we'll speak on that. Um, Dennis, is there anything else you got? Is there anything you want to touch on before we end this podcast? Well, I think we forgot about old Bad Brad losing some more races with Miller Lite on the car. Oh, that's right. I don't know if you want to save it for next time. No, no, we can touch on that real quick. Now. Yeah, let's let's touch on that. What that means to Penske? I mean. Yes, so so in comparison, he Jimmy lost uh, Lowe's. Bad Brad is not. He's not losing it. I mean, well, one race, it's going to be on there yeah, as of now. 
but I kind of expect him to be on there for the Darlington race for throwback throwback scheme, but I haven't seen. But as the years passed, what was it, 17? They went down to 12 races, I believe. They were the main sponsor. Yeah. Last year it was nine, I believe. I can't, I don't remember what the count was, but you can see that they've been gradually doing less and less with them, and now it's and pretty, I, pretty drastic down to one. I guess if you're you're a follow like you were of, of Brad Kozlowski, it's not. If you're seeing the Donquan, you kind of see the writing on the wall. And it's like for Jimmy Johnson, where it was just like going holding him yeah. out, done, lows ain't running. So I can I can understand, yeah, you kind of you kind of saw that. I didn't realize that, though I I mean he's not my driver, honestly. Right, he's right. my my driver, he's the rival too, so I'm not paying that close attention to his car. Uh I follow I follow Joe Gibbs stuff quite heavily. That's why I'm such a such a big cowboy fan. Where I was trying to get at, I don't think it's going to be that much of an impact on him per se or the team because you look at Penske as a whole, they got Indy cars that he has. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Roger Penske's not slacking in the sponsorship department no, at all. Not so, yeah, I mean, you're just going to see a different brand come up, I would say. But it's hard to see yeah, the mean, number two car without Miller or Light on blue, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just, it's crazy. It, or it sucks the, for me being a. Brad Kozlowski fan and a Miller Lite fan, so yeah. It, for for me, the like car that sticks out in my head is the black and gold car. The, the number, yeah, the throwback number two. You know, as a kid seeing that ran, and then Brad runs it, so it's gonna be weird if you don't, you know, you don't see that on the track anymore. But yeah, I think that's I think that's it for this podcast. Like I said, guys, if uh, if you have any feedback, any comments, concerns. Um, if I know there's a guy out there, if he listens to this, Shane, he wants to be on this podcast very bad. We did a crappy job this time. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> it's all new to me. I don't really know. What to um, do. so I think we're going to try if, it, if this takes off, you guys really like it. You, you know, you make the changes to it as you, as you want. And we'll, we'll try to change some stuff up if you don't like something. Um, I would like to get guys on here, get their takes on it because we're, you know, we're kind of narrow-minded as to what our drivers are and kind of where we're at. I try to keep as open mind as possible, but I am not going to lie to you. I am a Kyle Busch fan. <laughs> I am going to, I won't say praise Kyle Busch. I will call him out if he does something BS, but I'm definitely going to back him 110%. I am a Joe Gibbs fan. Uh, I like all of our Joe Gibbs guys. I think what we have going for next year, I think we're, one of the top three teams to win a championship. And I will tell you that <laughs> I'm not, I'm not shy about my opinion either. So if you, if you don't like opinions, I guess <laughs> don't listen to this podcast. I mean, in all of, fairness, there is probably only four teams that can run for a championship. Yeah, that <laughs> in is my true. mind. But I mean, you and I have both agreed on this. We kind of look at it as there's Joe Gibbs. And then there's kind of just a, there's a yeah, fall I mean, they're, from they're, Yeah, they're, they're but, on top of the game. But, but they have Martin. That can change. They have Martin and Kyle. Which, Kendrick's going to pull through. Which or sets, Penske. I, well, I think if I was going to say one of the two, I'd say Penske over over Hendricks for sure. But, I mean, Stuart, Stuart Haas is right there, though. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Haas is the, the number two team, in my opinion, with the guys that they have. I mean, and that's pretty much I'm saying that because of Kevin Harvick. Yeah, Harvick carries on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's their team. And you know, well, maybe maybe with Cole coming on, 
Maybe you'll get a, a guy that can, you know, Kevin will put his arm around old Cole, kiss him on the head, and say, watch me how I run this car, and I'll teach you how to <laughs> run it in cup. Because Kevin Harvick is a top five driver, no matter what anybody feels about him. Oh, yeah. You know, same thing with Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is a top five driver. Martin Truex is a top five driver. And then you get into kind of who's your four and your five. And I think you can take a handful of guys and you can, every race, you can stick them in there and go, well, that's your four and that's your five. But I think every single race, you're going to have your Martin Truex and your Kyle Busch and your Kevin Harvick. And that's going to be your top three guys. I'm going to say it right now. So if, I guess if I make anybody mad, I guess you can stop with the podcast number one. But I say <laughs> Kyle Busch, not in this any particular order, but Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, and Kevin Harvick are your top three guys, and they're going to be the top three guys at the end of this year too, whether it be in that order. But they're still going to be there, and they're going to be running for a championship. And I don't see, unless something drastic happens in the playoffs, though I think the playoffs, like we talked about before, there's definitely a shakeup in that, how they placed yeah. everything. It's going to get a lot more interesting. But I still think the way they run at all the tracks that are there, I think they're going to be for, there and they're going to be in the running for it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's it. And you have a good night. <laughs>